welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand chum, bearded legend, the beautiful Mr. Paul Levy. You're too kind, way too kind. <laughs> welcome back, everyone. Um, this is episode number 79 uh, of the Orient Outlook podcast. We really didn't expect to be doing this um, today, actually, because we said last week that we were going to have uh, an unscheduled break in, in the season, but that was because it was Steve's eldest daughter's birthday party today she was four so how did that go it was very good actually yeah, yeah. Anna and Elsa turned up from Frozen okay good time had by all and uh, we're here yeah, here we are fantastic great stuff so as always this is the only place you will get a full and comprehensive roundup of all the news and views from around the club and as always we start off with our friends over at the supporters club with their travel updates so like it so first of all the supporters club will be open from 5pm on Tuesday the 27th, uh, before the Plymouth game opens, and will be after open the match. So get yourselves down there, get a few pints in if you're around early doors. And then two away games to tell you about. First of all, coaches to Hartlepool uh, leave at 8am on Saturday the 22nd of October. £33 for members, £30 for concessions, with a £3 surcharge to non-members. And a new away trip that we are announcing for the first time today is coaches to Doncaster Rovers on Saturday 26th of November, We'll leave Brisbane Road at half past eight in the morning. £28 to members, £25 to concessions. You can book in the supporters club before any, well, before any home games or after. Or you can book by calling the travel line on 07722-135970. Fantastically read there. We had a, um, a message, a direct message on Twitter today from Kev Cowlin who... Um, doesn't mind us reading this out so Kev thanks for getting in touch with us it says hi guys I've never been negative about the O's in all my years of support the club has been a great part of my life but it's clear to me now that this is not going to end well and the arrogance total disrespect to club employees both on and off the pitch plus a lack of communication cannot possibly work the football is almost incidental the manager irrelevant then there is so much into when there is so much interference I don't blame Hess in the slightest. He has a family to support and needs a wage, so why wouldn't he take the job? For the record, I suspect he'll be gone by the end of this week and probably replaced by an Italian. I just sincerely hope that Bicchetti walks away sooner rather than later. The club will survive, but probably have to go out of the league to do so unless a wealthy businessman or consortium underwrite the massive debt that Bicchetti has already built up. What I believe needs to happen is for all O's fans to unite through Loft in order to force him out and he needs to understand just how unpopular all his interference and actions have been. The treatment of Dean Cox preventing him from applying his trade in the EFL has been done out of pure spite by the owner and the league should step in to investigate. Coxie being forced out has really been the final straw for many of us and this nonsense just has to stop. A club employee told me in the summer if someone set out to destroy a football club, they couldn't have done a better job. That person is well respected in the club, but I will not reveal who it is. I'm very happy for you to read this out on the podcast and hope that you can. These are sad times for a great community football club which has been brought to its knees. Kind regards to you both and keep up the good work up the O's, Kev. So Kev, thanks very much and I think the sentiments of what you said there resonates with many of us. So thanks for getting in touch and we are on Twitter at Orient Outlook and if you're not and want to still communicate with us, you can. It's Outlook at Outlook.com. I like it. Um, so Kev mentioned Loft in that uh, nice segue. DM, and I mentioned Loft in last week's episode. You did. Um, so following my comments about Loft uh, in last week's episode, in the next episode, which is episode 80? Yep. Wow. Well, well, in episode 80, we'll be speaking to Tom Davies, 
and Matt Roper from Loft. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, scheduled, but you know, you never know what's going to happen uh, at this club. Uh, and those interviews will be in next week's podcast where we'll be getting an update of what Loft have been up to following my criticism, I would say, of Loft in last week's episode. So that should be quite interesting. But in the meantime, you can join Loft from just £1. You can donate more. Uh, three ways to join up. First of all, you can join by seeing Matt at any home game. So he sells the pandemonium outside the club shop in the West End. You can join online via the Loft website or you can join by emailing pandafanzine1881 at gmail.com. So if you want to join Loft and you haven't, those are the three ways to do it. It's worthwhile and it's only a pound to join up. So worth doing. Absolutely. So moving on to Monday, the 19th of September. Out of nowhere, this this really, uh, late afternoon, the club announced the signing of Slovenia Under-21 International, Zan Benedisic. I'm not sure if that's the correct pronunciation. Well done. And he's been signed on a deal until January. It's a short-term deal. He's an attacking midfielder who spent a bit of time on loan at Leeds in 2014 from AC Milan. But... An injury meant that the loan was cut short. He said, joining Leighton Orient is a great opportunity for myself and with the deal being only until January to start, I'm looking to be involved as soon as possible. I will do my best for the team and when January comes, we'll look at the contract situation and address it then. I am very happy for this chance to join Leighton Orient. I'm keen to make the most of this opportunity and I'll do my very best to help the team during my time here. So an interesting like one. Interesting one. So your, your views on that? Really unexpected, as I, as I think we mentioned. I think sounds like it's got potential, but I thought when we need at the time I sort of made these, the, wrote these thoughts down. I thought we sort of really could do with a right back, yeah, uh, rather than a central midfielder, especially when we've got obviously Captain Robbie Weir, Vice Captain Liam Kelly, Nigel uh, at Angana, and obviously Sammy Moore, who's out on loan. I'm just wondering why yeah. we're signing. Good point. Signing these, these these players really, but you never know. He could be. Could turn out to be a really shrewd signing. Yeah, good point. Yours? Well, I've never heard of him, for starters. No, so say. lots of pictures of him in an AC Milan top and Leeds Bodes top, well. so I've never heard of him. But you know, that's not to say he's not bad. Uh, but with Liam Kelly getting a decent amount of goals for a central midfielder, I was surprised we've signed an attacking midfielder. Um, but you know, a lot of criticism about the move on Twitter that I guess we'll come on to, but... Providing he plays and turns out to be decent, I don't think too many of us will be moaning. So an interesting one there, but we've only got him until January, so he's going to pretty much have to get himself fit and in contention for a starting place within the next couple of weeks for him to get an extension on that deal, mm. I would have thought. So like I mentioned, loads of views on Twitter. Uh, four that we thought we'd mentioned that made differential points to what we've already discussed. At Barry Greystock, who just kept it short and sweet, just said... Don't we need a right back? Similar to yours there. <laughs> At Moles65 said, Clahessi sacked, Hunt injured, so he signed a midfielder. If we just re- uh, try really hard to keep it on the left, it'll be okay though. I like, good point. Good I like point, that. Yeah. At Wadsey said, can we start a sweepstake for how long it'll be before he goes out alone? <laughs> Isn't that what normally happens? At Jamie Stripe said, great news for Weir and Atangana then, maybe a good signing, but is Gagliardi making this up as he goes along? Question mark. No defender. Yeah. And I think you mentioned it before, Sammy Moore, who is more than capable of playing in League 2 as we saw last season, yep. out alone to Dover. Yep. Could we not have recalled him? Absolutely. Strange Probably answer. not, but should he have gone out on loan in the first place is yeah. the question. Good question to ask. So, Tuesday 20th of September, uh, an Orient XI lost 2-0 to Brentford uh, at Brisbane Road, so defeat there. Yeah, and then the club announced the signing of a 30-year-old Dutch right-back, Jens Jantz. 
He hasn't played much football recently, according to our source, which is just Wikipedia, to be fair. <laughs> Good old Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but, you know, unproven and untested, but he seems to be the type of player we're going for lately. Obviously, like... Um, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Um, Zan Benedic. Uh, Dishic, um, you know, we, we can't really make a judgment without really seeing him play. So yeah. I'll, I'll reserve judgment until he yeah. makes a mistake. So for me, again, we need a right back so he fit the bill. I guess with the new rules and the transfer system, so you can't loan players. We obviously can't loan a right back. So we had to go for a free agent. But it's a good list of previous clubs. But for me, you know, I guess. What we've been told in terms of Bichetti wanting Simpson and Cox out was due to high wages, but this week he signed two players and they increased the wage more players. Necessarily, we didn't need, when you think about Alan Dunn, we're paying as Absolutely. a right back. Absolutely. Can't get in the team. Yeah. Um, but, and how much are these two guys coming in on? Yeah, absolutely. So, interesting signings there. Be different if. Cox's wage was split and these two were getting it for example I know they wouldn't yeah. do it that way but if let's say Cox on three grand and these two are getting 1500 quid each then you kind of get into I know it's not the same quality or whatever but from an accounting perspective very odd very odd but time will tell on those two so we wish yeah. them the best of luck as we always wish their side is the best of luck yeah and welcome to the club on Wednesday the 21st of September it's confirmed confirmed that a blue plaque has been put up to honour our hero, Laurie Cunningham. The plaque is on the exterior wall of number 73, Lancaster Road, Stroud Green, London. The Haringey House where uh, Cunningham grew up and lived in for more than a decade. So there was an unveiling ceremony with yep. uh, dignitaries there and people from the club went as well and, and uh, represented. And it, it's very honourable. And I remember when we went, I went on my stag to Madrid and we did the Bernabeu tour and Laurie Cunningham's got his wow. little spot there. So, nice. very proud. Yeah. Very proud. Got first, a first black player for England. For England. Yeah. And the first British player to play for Real Madrid or English player. I think player, so. I think I so. Think. So, yeah. you know, he, he, he broke down barriers. And that picked up a lot of great publicity. So, yeah. so well, it's good to get some positive news. Yeah. Yeah. Short but sweet positive news. Yeah. So, also, uh, some more positive news coming out of the club. Second year scholars, Stephen Elzarte and Josh Caroma, both signed two-year professional contracts with the option of a third year. So some great news there. Caroma, been on the bench a few times. Seen a little bit of him. Elzarte, I think he's been on the bench once or twice. So fingers crossed for those two. Both have been very good for the under-18s. Both scored a lot of goals over the last year or two. So Look good pre-season as well, so that's yeah. always positive. The club also confirmed on Wednesday that Nicky Hunt's injury isn't as bad as first thought and that he'll be out. He'll only be out for a short period, which is great news. Yeah, I mean, the club have done that a couple of times where they've done the old, oh, he's going to be out for a while here, you better beware. And then Saturday, just rocks up. Yeah. So it's, all pub, it's all PR skills, isn't it? Is, yeah. So Thursday, 22nd of September, nothing to report. I went to Milton Keynes for work. That's... Milton Keynes is exactly how you imagine it to be. Yeah. If you've ever been, that's it. Nothing. Nothing. Cool. So Friday, again, nothing. Uh, Friday the 23rd of September, wish Sam Sargent, our young goalkeeper, a happy 19th yep. birthday. Happy birthday, So I look Sam. forward to seeing uh, big things ahead of you. Yep. He's kind of cemented his place on the bench this year, hasn't he? He's kind of established himself as the number two. Yeah. From Charlie Granger. Granger. I don't know why. I don't know what's happened with Charlie. He's still alive though, Charlie Granger. So we're very happy about that. We know him. he's alive. We know he's, well. Well, he's, he's Which alive. is good. He was alive this time last week, so fingers crossed <laughs> that he's made it through the week. So Saturday, 24th of September, in the morning, uh, normality resumes. Under 18s win again. 
3-1 against Northampton. Goals from Adamson, Hap and Karoma. So well done to those. Flying at the moment. So good. Yeah, so good. Doing absolutely amazingly there. And an observation I picked up. We By this time we tweeted our usual tweet of the score prediction league. Um, but noticed at the point in at the point in time that I made this note was that there are more predictions for the opposition than in previous matches that we tweeted for. Some people doing the obvious usual, we're going to smash them four nil, four one, three nil, three ones, and whatever. Yeah. But actually, there were people coming in saying, "Oh, I think Notts County are going to win this two one or one nil or one person who got the score right." And we'll come on to that later. But normally, we, yeah. we don't. We might get one or two that might say a one nil. Not maybe even not to that level, but yeah. I think last week was a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, um, and more more predictions, like you said, came in for Lots County. Yeah, definitely, definitely high percentage for your position. So, good little segment there again. Moving on to Lots County away. So team was announced: uh, Chizak in goal, back four of Hunt, who made the lineup. Erico, Parks, and Kennedy. Midfield of Massey, Ware, Kelly, and Cornick, with McCallum and Simpson starting up front on the bench. We had Sam Sargent, Lucide, Yens, Yens. Samedo, Atangana, Anomo, Bowery, and Palmer. So that's one change from the over lineup. It's Jay Simpson started. Unsurprisingly, I would say that one. And our new signing, Dead Jans, is on the bench. No sign of our other signing, no San Benedicis. So yeah. we'll see. For me, probably the team I expected, apart from Nigel Atangana, who I thought would come in for Robbie Weir. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a shame that uh, Nigel's on the bench. Um, yeah. But on paper, that side should be top of the league. Good, it's a good team there. On paper, that side should be top of the league. So um, the first 15 minutes of that match, I think it's fair to say that we pretty much were on top. Yeah. Uh, we dominated. Um, Simpson went close a couple of times, but the next half hour, I think it was poor from both sides, although it sounded like Notts County were a bit more threatening and had a bit more potency about them, but just necessarily couldn't fit or more creativity or whatever about them but couldn't quite finish it yeah so obviously we didn't go to the game I think you listened to it I did the yeah Painful, player. made my ears bleed for me if we don't seem to get an early goal tactics just seem to go out the window a lot of the time players start losing confidence on the ball we seem to revert to long balls from the defence and bypass the midfield we got Cornick and Matthew who are two very good wingers especially at League 2 level or I think they are anyway yeah, they are. who seem to just get bypassed out of the game because we're just aiming it long to the forwards which Seems to me not really to work. And again, mentioned it last week, if we're going to play long ball, it doesn't work for a player like Jay Simpson. You need to play Ollie Palmer if we are going to play long ball. Because so, he works and closes it all down, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, so, a disappointing half. We had a lot, lot of tweets in saying a bit of a nothing game, a bit boring, nothing really going on. Two quite poor teams, really. I think Notts County hadn't won at home all season. No, haven't won at home since April 12th, yeah. apparently. And weird. Started off away quite well. Yeah. Um, so it was destined to be one of those funny games, wasn't it? So yeah. half time was nil nil, pretty dire first half. Six shots from both teams, only one on target from Orient. I mean, that's pretty poor for a professional football match. 12 shots on target, 12 shots, six from each team, and only one of those was on target yeah. from us. That's poor. That's poor. Yeah. The, whole, the whole half, the whole situation's poor. The attendance was 4,289, and there was a whopping 476 away support. Well so, done. Well done to everybody that trekked up to Nottingham. That's a long. That's that's right. It's a midway. Yeah, it's a couple, it's of, hours. couple of hours. It's still a couple of hours to do. It's doable. I, again, once you pay your petrol or your travel fare, pay to get in, adds up. It's hundred pound day out. Yeah, adds up. So yeah. second, second half kicked off. No changes from the O's, and then I guess we spoke about this already a few times this season. Within the first ten minutes, of the second half, we were two 
Little Dallin is not scouted. He scored two goals in three minutes. The first goal came in the 53rd minute as a Jonathan Forte header. Uh, was ruled to have crossed the line, although Chizak got his hand to it, palmed it out, but their man followed it up anyway and headed it into the back of the net. Uh, and we found ourselves a goal down, poor defending all round. I guess Kennedy might, well, Kennedy should have done better to cut out the initial cross. And then Forte was completely unmarked. And a player of his experience and quality in League Two, bread and butter. Yeah, really. two of them on the one on our one defender. It's ridiculous. So one nil down, and that quickly got a lot worse. Yeah, this is followed up with a second goal in the fifty-fifth minute as John Stead smashes his effort into the top corner from outside the box, and within ten minutes of the second half starting, we find ourselves with a mountain to climb because we're two nil down. Yeah. yeah. So worth noting on previous podcasts, we've pointed out the issue. Uh, we had a few tweets put on that issue I think a few weeks ago conceding goals early in the second half and on last week's episode I did make a point of saying Forte and Stead a pretty good partnership for League 2 we need to watch out for them too yeah. my words weren't listened to yeah, both men got their goals according to Dave Victor in his post-match press conference he said in the last four games we've conceded in the first few minutes of the second half yeah, so disappointing. if people were doing their analysis correctly we'd we wouldn't be having this problem. So 62nd minute, and Lomo made his debut. Came on for calling. So good to see Lomo get on. I've been looking quite forward to seeing him, actually. Yeah. In 69th minute, there was a huge penalty appeal for Notts County as Collins went down under a challenge by Erico, but nothing was given. Uh, Stonewall penalty, by all accounts. Yeah, I haven't um, seen it, but the reaction, the reaction, reaction from even our fans yeah. was like... Dave Victor and Matt Hitchcock said... Definite How's he penalty. not given a penalty? <laughs> How's the ref not given a penalty yeah. for that? That was a blatant penalty. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Bichetti picked the referee. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really rate Eric Cott to be honest with you. I think he's a bit more of a liability than he is a saviour. Yeah. For me, I'm I'm so far unimpressed with him. I can always be turned, but yeah. at the moment, it's just not doing anything for me. Jewelry's still out for me, Eric Cott. Okay. I was a strong supporter of him earlier on in the season. Last couple of games. Public opinion seems to be swaying, including mine. I would say. So no, we'll see. I'm only we'll going see. by what I see yeah. him and 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 what comes in. But yeah. when you watch the videos back, it's just not not all that. So 70th minute in, uh, Lots County got reduced to 10 men as Lewis Lane got sent off for pulling Jay Simpson back and got a second yellow card. So oh, that was terrible. Threw him to the floor. Yeah, at the end of it, after he'd just been booked. So for us a great opportunity with 20 minutes left to get back in the game yep. uh, 71st minute Nicky Hunt uh, got booked yep. and in the 72nd minute a minute later uh, Sandro Semedo replaced Gavin Massey and Jordan Bowery replaced Jay Simpson so we've used all three subs interesting to see Semedo being played on the right what I'm also saying is looking at those subs that's just a, a straight swap for a straight swap yeah with chasing the game with 20 minutes left and a man advantage could Hessenthaler maybe have gone more attacking? Because all he's done is taken off Massey. Like for like Cornick for Anomo. <clears throat> yeah. For, for and me, Bowery for Simpson. Shows a bit like of a lack, maybe a bit of a lack of ambition there. I, it's the first time I thought with that when I was looking at the subs there going, he's not... Jay Simpson's probably our best striker. Well, is our best striker. Yeah. In terms of getting yourself on a one-on-one. And he maybe gets, he just needs fresh. Maybe he wasn't fit. Keep so maybe a bit harsh on Hess. Keeping, uh, keeping him fresh. Did he maybe. go for it? Did he go for it there? Yeah. Um, 78th minute, Paul McCallum got booked. For a late challenge on Lord's County player. That was unnecessary, apparently. 86th minute, following some decent pressure, Paul McCallum gives the O's a glimmer of hope. Gives us a glimmer of hope for a comeback as his header brings a score to 2-1. Easy finish from Paul and a good assist 
Another assist yes. from Jordan Bowery. Bowery seems like a good player to play alongside with. So he, he's very good at kind of getting people involved. He does the running. Good finish there for Paul, who had been quite quiet uh, in the game. and came with a bit of criticism uh, from, from some fans online. So Paul doing kind of what he does best. He won't give you the work rate that Oli Palmer gives you. But he can be quiet and non-active and come up with a goal out of nothing. So good to see that from McCallum, who's added... Decent season so far, actually, to be fair to it. So, at that point, got to 90 minutes. And six minutes of injury time uh, were played and the ball went up for six. Everyone got their hopes up. Everyone's like, come on, let's do it. A man up and we need a goal. Let's try for this. Let's get a draw, yeah. You but, know what's coming. <laughs> but then what happens, and we're going to read Guardian Orient's uh, tweet here because we think it sums it up pretty well. Collins runs... Uh, from his own half, this is a Nottingham, Notts County player, runs from his own half before Erico completely misses a challenge on the substitute and he slots beyond Chisak. Game over. Well, he was running with a Lobo, wasn't he? Yes, and to he start just, with. And Lobo's, him. And Lobo's quite fast, or supposed to be quite fast. He, he might have been that fit at the moment, but he's supposed to be quite fast. And the guy just, Collins, just left see him. See you later. Just left him. Good finish, though. I know Erico could have done better defensively, but a good finish from their player. And that's 3-1, game over. Yeah. Match ended. We'd slipped to a 3-1 away defeat, unfortunately, to Lost County after the match. Andy Hessenthaler said, we shot ourselves in the foot in the second half. We said it all in there at half-time, but unfortunately we didn't do it out there on the pitch. We've got to make sure we start the second half right, because it's becoming a pattern, but we don't. So just on that, so if Andy Hessenthaler saying, him and Andy Edwards have said it all, they're giving the prep talk, and it's not going into the players' heads and not taking any notice, then that's an issue there. Right, that's an issue. The players are not I, listening I, I, to what Hess is saying. If Hess is yeah. saying, we're telling them what to do. And, and they're not doing it. That's then what's a, going on? It's a massive issue, actually. Yeah. He also said, it's the same theme. The goals we keep conceding. We're probably lacking some experience at the back. A proper leader. We need a voice, an organiser to organise that back five. But it's not just that. It's the whole team. Staggering. Massively concerning that for me. When we sat here pre-season, we'd signed uh, Liam Kelly, Oldham captain. We signed Robbie Weir, who we knew had been captain before Burton, Burton and had been appointed captain. We signed Nicky Hunt, only Mansfield. back in January, Mansfield yeah. captain. He left Mansfield captain job to come to sign for Kevin Nolan. So, I mean, if we've not got leaders at the back, I don't, I don't know what else you could say to that, really. Who else are you going to sign? We had the chance to sign... Gabby Zakuani, we've mentioned it before on the podcast. Didn't let it happen for one reason or another. Opportunity yeah. there, wasted. We've got Alan Dunn sat in the dressing room, doing uh, sat at home, doing nothing. Listening to the podcast? Well, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, unless it's a Millwall one. But I mean, um, we're in October now, and if you're coming up with quotes like this, you, what hope have you got? Because you ain't going to sign a free agent who you're looking for. You're not going to sign any free agents who's much who it, who it has, seems to be that, after. Yeah. Very disappointing. We signed the left back who won promotion last year. We signed the centre back who won promotion last year. That's two out of four back five. I know the right back who's played at a higher level than I know he also. It. We haven't included it in his comments, but I know Hess also was very critical of Chizak with the first goal. He was. Said should, should have come, come for the cross. Yeah, it's fair enough. But it's that, good because no one's beyond reproach. Yeah. Alex Chisak saves more than he doesn't. Let's let's not let's have it right. But at times he also can have a little bit of a lapse and he needs to come and command his six yard box. Well, I presume that's, that's, right. that's what the goalkeeping coach will be his focus on the next upcoming weeks. I would have thought would be how Chisak communicates uh, 
Because he's his not a ball. shouter, Alex, because we obviously sit behind the goals. We can, he's yeah. not a shouter. He's yeah. really not. And, and I think as a goalkeeper, you need to be to organise your back four. But then how do you communicate with Eric O'Connor? I, I, think, I think as a centre-back, you need to be a shouter. If, if you're a centre-back, you need to be because the be play is going ahead of you. So you can see it all panning out, can't you? So for me, that should be a Tom Parks. Yeah, and you mentioned Alan Dunn before. Alan Dunn actually tweeted yesterday he saying did. he did wanted he say? a game. He wants to play a game. And okay, yet he can't, it can't even get a squad number. And we're calling out, Hess is calling out for an experienced centre-back. You know, An Alan experienced centre-back. Dunn had a pretty terrible time last season, but that was a year ago now. Yeah. So, time to put him do in. Do you give him a squad number? Do you... Put him in at right back. To him. Just drop Eric. Back. Drop Eric O. Put Hunt in at centre back and put him in at right back. That's never going to happen. Nice. Oh no, no, it's not. But in yeah. an ideal world. So, so that's that's the uh, that that's that then really. That's not County. <laughs> it's a little bit of a whirlwind, but there's not much you can really extend out on that. So the league table uh, means that f- following that defeat, that means we slipped to fourteenth in the league. So we played nine, won three, drawn two, lost four, goal difference zero. Points eleven. I mean, so, the, the table's still so tight. It's still oh, it's, it's still very topsy turvy. So not all doom and gloom yet, but a bit for for the most part pretty gloomy. So your views, Mister Lee? Yeah, yesterday. Then I saw one. I, I generally tend to write my point of view before I read any tweets. But one one tweet that actually caught my eye was from uh, at Charlie underscore Paul, and he said, "I genuinely think FB wants LOFC to succeed, but I think he just follows poor advice." Andy Hessenthaler is a bigger issue than FB for now. So I think you yeah. you make a, a very good point. And as I said in the Guardian Orient report, Notts County haven't won at home since April the 12th. Well, we're happy to, to help them out with that. <laughs> um, so for me, another poor performance and a big loss in my view. I know it's a long season, but if we get into bad habits now, it will be difficult to shake them off. Uh, poor defending as Fort was unmarked for the first goal and it's criminal in my opinion that a player can run from so deep within his own half and not even be on the end of at least one challenge before he reaches the penalty area. It's just too easy and we're making bang average to below average teams look good. And for me something's wrong with the tactics and and the lack of organisation and leadership on the pitch is something that needs addressing immediately. It's deeply concerning all these things. Um, but that is down to Hess. That is down to to the management team as well to to drill that into the players. You know, I know the owner, uh, or we say the owners, you know, getting involved with team selection. But the bottom line is, is that you know that team is what one would expect to be. It's a it's a yep. strong team on paper. So matches are coming thick and fast though, and the top of the table team are coming to us Tuesday. So you know, it's 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 dangerous. It's a dangerous and an unnervy time for us. But as always, I'll be supporting the team on Tuesday night. I like it. And we have to, because at the end of the day, if, if you don't, then what's going to happen? Yeah, good point, sir. Well, Yours? Mate, your views? So for me, a game again, I thought we would win. Uh, but things are going from bad to worse at the moment. It was very disappointing. But again, like you said, a decent lineup. You look at the lineup and you go, okay, that's probably the strongest lineup you would expect to see apart from Nige. But the players seem to like lack direction, they lack motivation, they lack urgency on the pitch, no one talks. But can we really blame Bichetti for that? Like, we've been critical of Bichetti, and we remain to be critical among certain aspects, but can, can we have a go at FB for players lacking direction and motivation on that pitch? If FB is picking the team there, for me, that's the team that should still be winning games unless FB is getting involved now in tactics, which I don't think he is. Um, so, for me, Hess at the moment isn't delivering as a manager. It's got to be said, players 
don't look right. Tactics don't look right. Seems to be off. But if Hess was to go, and I don't think he will go yet, but if he was to go, who would come in? Who would want to come in? Who would want That's to come in? That's a great question. I think He's he... got bills to pay, though. Absolutely. Um, Andy Hess and Tyler, so he's not, not going to take the job. He's probably getting a pretty decent contract. Look, it's not a great job, and I'm not kidding myself by saying that it's a great job, but at the same time, we've been to quite a few games this season, and apart from the Stephen Lee Chone game, we've not really looked great last 20 minutes against Fulham, but other than that, it is what it is, I guess, and like you said, massive match now on Tuesday night, huge match on Tuesday night, so yeah, those were our views, so your views, we asked a slightly different question after the Notts County game, asking you about what you think is going wrong at the club, and also what went wrong against Notts County, so quite a lot of tweets about what the season so far, and yesterday, so we can't mention all of them, but we're mentioning quite a few that all made good points. Quite a big selection this week. Yes, absolutely. So, to start off from at SamCast9, who said, Andy Yesenthaler, a gutless man picking up his cheque each week and couldn't care less about the club. And what I will say quickly is that these are all tweets to us. We're not taking these off Yeah, Twitter. These are all tweets to at Orient's Outlook. So, if you want your tweet mentioned... Mention us in your tweet. Yep. Uh, at Paul Staines 86 tweeted us saying, everything by the looks of it, players have no clue. At Les LK 52 said, in hindsight, I don't think Hess was man for the job. We need someone who could be his own man and stand up to FB. Now I've got to say, I don't think you're going to get that kind of man under FB. F- FB isn't going to employ someone who's going to tell him to go and jog on and do one. Because you wouldn't tell your boss to do that, would you? No. You- Unless you're a very strong character. And I can't see FB employing somebody like that. No, it's just, you have to understand that this isn't just, you know, in football management, you can't just go around throwing your weight around. If you tell a chairman where to go, he's going to tell you where to go, and he has more clout than you. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you want to be paid, which yeah. everybody does, because at this level they're not paid the levels that Mourinho's and and the Jurgen Klopp's are paid, they can't afford not to. Um, yeah, it's very well documented. Yep. So um, Bradley Ackers95 tweeted as saying, don't know how many more results like this FB will put up with before he does his Alan Sugar impersonation and fires Hess. You're fired. Yeah. Uh, at Vince Howe with 73 said, a pattern is emerging at the start of every season since Bichetti has arrived. We start off okay and then descend into rubbish. At Billy Herring 03, the chairman picking the team, the manager's a yes man, the chief scout an idiot? No, it's the fans. Definitely the fans. Like it. Good one there from Billy. At Boatsy, says, I'm not sure what's going on with our club. There's too much interference from FB and no passion, desire from Hess and the players. Hashtag clueless. I mean, FB, are we being too harsh on him? If he, if he wants inputs and where his money is going and what the team's going to be, is that too much to, to expect from his side of the story? We don't really know. We don't know exactly what's being said. Exactly what's going on and yeah. what's being said, so it's difficult to really call it. But... Um, at Orient Dave said the club is in disarray inept running and that stems from the top Bichetti has destroyed the club Tuesday could be toxic yeah and the thing about Tuesday Plymouth were very well supported they'll, they'll bring quite a lot down yeah they they'll bring 3 400 probably I think there might be more than that not on a Tuesday night top, top of the league <laughs> at the moment Tuesday night in I, London I'd say if we could see the early goal it could get very toxic yeah Tuesday at K Showing said I really want to be an optimistic O's fan but they make it so difficult at times. There was no leader or inspiration on the pitch. Hashtag cursed. At Orient Fan TV said, Is it too early to say Hess's job is under threat? Need better performance, though only four points off the play up, off playoff places. So, somebody, somebody just wanted to say that, said, Yeah, but we're only five points off bottom. Oh, <laughs> really? 
Yeah. At re- perspective. This is, hashtag perspective. Yeah. This is a great tweet here from at really QB9. This is one of the best I think we had this week. This is tough because we keep wanting stability, but Hess is clearly not the right man for the job. I at, did like that one. At the Menace 1881, just got in the car after the game. Radio lyrics, clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right, says it all. Yeah, at Dubbins 10, just says, wow, that was bad. The players tried, but wow, that was bad. We looked really, really poor. Worse than the relegation season. At David TH64301889, utter garbage. McCallum is crap. Never thought I'd say... Sorry, McCallum is a crap, and I never thought I'd say this because I hated him. Colin West. Yeah, so again, like we mentioned that before, McCallum seems to be getting a bit of jip for his lack of work rate, but... It's an interesting one for me. Do you go for that player who doesn't seem to work as hard but might get you a goal as opposed to someone like Oli Palmer who will work hard but won't get you that goal? Yeah. Um, interesting one there, but thanks for your tweet. At D David U. So this is getting boring now. No surprise with the result and the performance. We ain't going to turn this around. Now it's all about survival. I mean, that's a bit... That's quite far to take it. Also, uh, David... We did like your hashtag, but we can't read it out because this is a clean podcast. Exactly. <laughs> at Orient Meat Pie, look at the top. Terrible decisions and won't take advice. It all stems from there. Hashtag reverse Midas touch. <laughs> at Jimbo1404 said, I was for Hess at the start, uh, but he needs to go and we need a manager with a pair who can stand up to Frankie. But we won't get one, so nothing will change. At Lomax underscore Chris, Ericot is not a professional footballer. There, I've said it. Is that your, that's probably your favourite tweet so far that's coming. Yeah, I would say it. <laughs> Hero of the week goes to Chris Lomax. <laughs> Paul Crouchman said, Hess has to go. We shouldn't be surprised he was at the helm for Nolan when he was playing and Kevin got the sack. Um, what I will say, there's a lot of tweets anti Hess. I don't want this to come across as an anti Hess entire episode because it's not meant no. to be viewed in that way. No. At all. No, absolutely not. At Dear Stu, Hess and the players to blame. They go beyond that white line. No heart in any of the players. Wear the shirt with pride. There's a reason why Hess was given a one-year contract. Couldn't manage his way out of a paper bag. Well, at LOFC 1978, issues with FB aside, Hess and the players need to take blame and responsibility for their performances. Time for Hess to go, question mark. Julian Fern said, maybe two managers sacked after playing away at Notts County. That was absolute dog. <laughs> at Len M4, said, as much as we are frustrated at FB... The team should not be losing these games given their quality. They have to step up. And at, good. At, good. Yeah, it's a good point. At John Macca, 1977, dire today, but all stems from the top. Hess and Edwards are not being allowed to do their job jobs due to FB's interference with transfers, team selection, etc. It won't make a difference if Hess goes because FB will keep interfering. Nolan stood up to FB and got sacked with a 47% win ratio. So only one answer for me, Bichetti out. One more point. I think we need to ask ourselves why Hendon, Harrison, Cox and Clahessie have to have to have a quiet order put on them. What is there to hide? Very good point. Some very good points in there. Very good point. At Yellowberry9 said, what we need is a crazy Italian manager to come to Orient and to tell FB to go and do one and let the manager do his job. Again, it's just not going to happen. Can't Someone gives it. you a job, you're not going to tell them where to go. It just doesn't work like that. It's a bit unrealistic. Can't At Matt it. Bristow... One of my favourite tweets is, is at Matt Bristow, and he does a fantastic uh, analysis blog uh, yeah. every week, pre and post match. He says, I take it nobody at the club read my analysis on the Oval game then. Through midfield again, and County won the battle. So Matt was referring to kind of, yeah, his uh, pre match analysis. He, Matt also called the timing of the Oval goal uh, last week on Orange Player. 
Maybe time for Matt Bristow to get involved in the coaching setup. Hashtag Bristow in. <laughs> At Jay Pittle said, this is a great tweet for me. I think you've made a point of it as well. Said, I don't mind losing to a better team or want the goal as long as our players on the pitch are given 100%, which isn't the case. I've always said that. Yeah. Can take losing to a better side or a bit of magic, but not if people aren't trying, and that yeah. just seems to be the case. And Richie J. Bond gets the last word this week. He says, just back from watching an O's team who looked heartless and devoid of ideas, shocking against a team with no confidence at home. So a good little summary there of the tweets we had. Uh, <coughs> thanks for everyone who tweeted. If you didn't read yours out, uh, we apologise. We'll try to do as many as what we can in the next podcast. Yes. So Prediction League update. Only one person yesterday predicted the Miraculous. Yesterday. Miraculous. There was quite a few 2 1 to Lots <coughs> Counties. There was. Uh, but only one predicted 3 1 to Lots Counties. So congratulations to at GForce underscore Shiv, who gets three points in their prediction league. So well done, Shivam. So that means top of the table is as per last week. So at Robert Lock 14 is top on nine points. We've at Grano, at Mark Shepherd underscore 79, at MP Allen 222, and at Orient underscore 17. Second on seven points, so still very close up there. Just to clarify, at Grano75, if you're looking for oh, that person on Twitter. Oh, okay. No, you, didn't, you missed the 75, but that's oh, fine. Cool. So today is Sunday the 25th of September as we record, and uh, we just wanted to get this in because it's more good news. Another win for the Orient ladies. This time they scored a 5-0 victory over Camden Town. Goals from Jazz. Uh, she got three Spat goals. Trick. Yep, uh, Danielle Griffiths got one and Hel- uh, Bell and Ripple. So well done to the ladies who are top of their league having played six, seven, or, seven. six or seven games with a plus 32 <laughs> goal difference. So Amazing. clearly they're going to walk that yeah. lead and, and yeah. there's no way. I don't well think they, they haven't lost yet. So yeah. kudos to you. And we will get Chris and somebody else, Definitely. whoever's around, on we'll ASAP. Have, we'll have to go to a, a, one of their games. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, we found out today that Miles Judd and Victor Adebayejo have joined Hastings United, Hastings United on loan. So good luck to those fellas. How'd you find that out? A random Hastings United link to an account on Twitter. Cool. Um, fancy football update. We are doing a fancy football league. If you are doing one as well, um, I think is it it's the Sky. Premier League uh, fancy football so if you're doing that as well or you and your mates want to get involved in our league there's 58, 59 58 players Uh, Johnny Bloom is the new leader he's taken top spot he is the man to beat he's got 357 points and he's now just just six points ahead of Jack Snelling Um, you've moved up to 23rd 23rd out of 58 so I'm proud of you because that's six six places thanks mate and I've still got two players to play tomorrow so it could all change as well right okay fingers crossed so if you want to join us give us a DM and we'll give you the code and you can join us so positives and negatives from the last week then so positives (laughs) we have actually got three positives so just first of all (laughs) first of all scratching around 10 minutes ago so even though yesterday was bad no injuries to come out of the match and for you that includes Evercott as well so no injuries to be worried about no yeah that's the way because I think he's got a slight groin problem but never mind cool secondly was the away support so we've already mentioned it but a great number of fans went up to Nottingham for the game so well done to all those of you who travelled and lastly it's pretty consistent uh and it was the same last week. Well, you know, the under 18s and the ladies team. Yeah, absolutely. Massive positive for the club. Get the club word out there, and it all looks bright for the ladies team. 
and it looks bright for the future. So brilliant there. Yep, negatives, unfortunately. Poor performance again. Players yep. perhaps not looking interested or organised or looking a little bit lost. I mean, that's the main one for me. They train all week. Obviously, Hester Tyler's given them instructions and they get out of that white line. Like a few people tweeted, just don't look don't like they do, want to yeah. be there or just don't look like they, they know what's going on. Yep, and they've we've scored one goal in the last two matches and we've conceded four in that time yep. as well. So in two matches, we've... We've scored one and conceded four, so it doesn't make for a good... I guess a worrying thing about that is they're not even teams who are up there. Yeovil, they're nothing in teams. Yeovil, Yeovil were 23rd County. and Notts County were 13th. Well, they Yeovil won again yesterday, so they maybe did. they're a bit out there now. So those were our positives. Helped they by us, no doubt. <laughs> so Hero of the Week, Heroes of the Week, there's two of them this yeah, week. Plural, plural this week. Plural, and well <clears> done <throat> um, to, set, set, to San Alzate. And Josh Caroma for signing there. Uh, Stephen Alzate and Josh Caroma for winning uh, their contracts. Yeah. Two contracts. Well, well done, boys. Fellas. Sorry about them. <laughs> the wrong name there. But <laughs> next week, we've got two fixtures. Yep. Um, two games for in this week. We've got Plymouth on Tuesday night. Uh, don't forget the Supporters Club opens at five o'clock. And then we go off to Barnet on Saturday. Nice little local away day. From what I've seen, I drove past it on, on a route round somewhere last weekend. The, it's not easy to park there, no, guys, so you're better off parking... Stanmore. Go and park at Stanmore. Don't tell everyone where we're going to park, because okay. then they'll all do it, and I won't get a parking space. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just park. you're going to have to park away, so be prepared to walk a little bit. Uh, Plymouth are obviously top of the league on 19 points, following a one-all draw with Hartlepool yesterday, so it'll be a very tough that match for tough. us. And then Barnet lost 5-1 away to Portsmouth, although according to Martin Allen, who I listened to on BBC London, he said that wasn't a 5-1 performance right okay so take from that what you will and Martin Allen was pretty straight up and if he said no we were poor you know that they were poor he's quite honest Martin Allen at one all like Portsmouth's second goal was just absolutely ludicrous wasn't it? they've got like this kid who's just special in it and really he just scored a brilliant goal there you go I didn't so know that then gives them momentum so um, so Barnett lost 5-1 uh, to Portsmouth who are currently 17th Barnet, 17th in the league, league. Yep. Uh, but in the same fixture last season we lost 3-0 and what turned out to be Kevin Nolan's final game in charge so could the same fate be like Andy Hessenthaler that's quite wait. a statement we to, shall wait to be making so uh, if anything does happen this week obviously we'll get it out there as soon as we find out at Orient Outlook uh, which is on Twitter or on Facebook on our Facebook group or Instagram so that's it for this week the podcast that we didn't, didn't think was going to happen has happened so thanks for joining us for episode 79. It's been another strange week for the O's with two questionable signings, followed by another lackluster performance on the pitch and a defeat. So a very big week coming up for Hess and the boys. And should we lose the next two games, the Hess will be under some real pressure. So fingers crossed, this time next week, we'll be talking about two wins and a bit of pressure off. I hope so. I really hope so. So we're going to be back next week with episode 80, with all the information and views that you could ever need from around the club. We're going to play out with a slightly different outro <laughs> this week, which we've uh, thought long and hard about. So keep in touch with us. We look forward to hearing from you throughout the course of the week. And as always, keep calm, support the boys, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.